Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Wall Street had a rare good day yesterday, but was it a fluke? Lithuania is enforcing sanctions against Moscow. Now Russia is pushing back. Plus, the global food supply shortage has reignited a classic debate. Should produce be used to feed people, or should it be used as biofuel? It's not such a clear-cut case of turn off biofuels, end up with more bread. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The S&P 500 climbed almost 2.5% on Tuesday. It was its best performance since late May. But stocks are still in bear market territory. The FT's Kate Duguid explains what might have been behind yesterday's rally. So one thing that we always kind of see is bargain hunters who come out and try to buy stocks um, at lows, hoping that there'll be a bit of a bounce. There was also a phenomenon happening last week where hedge funds were short selling a ton. And so there was a sort of um, a counter move on, on, on Monday where funds were maybe uh, covering those short positions, kind of artificially driving stocks up a little higher. There's also this idea that markets are maybe thinking that the Fed may be closer to the end of its hiking cycle. You know, nothing has fundamentally changed. Our outlook is the same. The economic data is the same. But it may be the case that, you know, markets are really sort of coming to terms with the possibility of a recession. And so there's like a little bit of temporary relief, believing that the Fed may not hike as much in the future. All that said, it was a one day move and it's not quite clear if that'll continue. Yeah, so um, a market move like this is sometimes called a dead cat bounce, which is gross. And basically, it indicates that as the market continues its downward trajectory, it may spike up every once in a while, uh, and then it would keep dropping. Much like the way a dead cat would bounce if you dropped it off a tall building or something. Again, it's it's a super gross visual. But I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is this, is what we saw yesterday a dead cat bounce? It may be, but um, it's, you know, we're not sure if the cat's dead. (laughs) Good point. A lot of things are called dead cat bounces um, well before anybody knows whether or not the cat has died. Um, So President Biden yesterday uh, came out and said that he didn't think that a recession was inevitable. This is after a conversation that he had with former Secretary of the Treasury Larry Summers. Um, and there's there's some belief that the Fed may still be able to orchestrate what what people call a soft landing, basically that they would be able to continue to raise interest rates without causing a recession. Um, so that would be the dead cat. The, de- the dead cat is the recession. Kate Duguid is the FT's U.S. capital markets correspondent. Lithuania is blocking Russia from transporting goods to Kaliningrad. This blockade is part of the sanctions that the EU has laid out against Russia for invading Ukraine. But now Moscow is retaliating against Lithuania for enforcing these sanctions. The FT's Max Seddon joins me now to talk more about this. Hey, Max. Hi. So, Max, this all started yesterday when Russia's secretary for the Security Council made this kind of vague threat towards Lithuania. What did he say? 
We do not know exactly what, what Russia is threatening. All that we have seen is that Nikolai Patrushev, who is the Secretary of Russia's Security Council, said to be one of the very few officials involved in the planning of the war in Ukraine, he went to Kaliningrad on Tuesday, uh, had, had a meeting about this, and he declared that Russia would uh, take unspecified measures which would be very painful for the Lithuanian population if uh, Lithuania doesn't start allowing sanctioned goods to start going back to Kaliningrad via rail. Uh, Lithuania controls the only rail route linking Russia to Kaliningrad. And while they can replace uh, these these goods via, via sea, it's much more expensive to do that, so much so that apparently it's not really economically viable. So this is an important issue for Russia in a uh, vulnerable strategic location for the EU. How has Lithuania responded to the threats? Lithuania, which is interesting, they they don't seem particularly troubled by this, at least not openly. They have said this is really more more about rhetoric, and they don't expect any kind of, of response because it's not entirely clear what Russia could do to Lithuania at this at this point, other than some sort of military action, which I think the assumption is, given that Lithuania is a NATO member, Russia's not going to do because Lithuania already cut itself off uh, from, from Russian gas. So there um, aren't that many economic levers to, to retaliate against, against Lithuania in the way that Russia often has against other countries. So is this kind of escalating what the EU has been doing? The EU is stressed. This is something that the, um, the Russia knew was coming. These these sanctions were taken months ago, and they had winding down periods to prepare for this. So uh, I don't think it's fair to say that the EU has been escalating. Now uh, the question is, how confident does Russia feel that they can uh, continue the pressure? Uh, Western states at the time when it's already blocking Ukraine's Black Sea grain exports, and it's uh, started limiting gas supplies to uh, countries such as Germany in the EU. Max Seddon is the FT's Moscow bureau chief. Thanks, Max. Thanks so much. Food prices, you may have noticed, are way up because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Both countries were huge exporters of corn and sunflower oil before the war. Now, not so much. This food shortage has reignited the food versus biofuel debate. Should we be using corn and sunflower oil to make this low-carbon fuel when the global food supply is struggling to feed people. The FT's Camilla Hodson has been looking into this, and she joins me now. Hey, Camilla. Hi. So what's the argument for limiting biofuel production right now? So what some groups would say is that, given that there's likely to be less grain coming out of places like Ukraine and Russia, we shouldn't use what we have to make into fuels. We should instead use those grains for human food, basically, so making wheat into bread, for example. Camilla, would limiting biofuel have a noticeable impact on the global food supply? I guess, you know, would people be able to eat more? I think it's really difficult to say, and there are a couple of different factors at play here. One is that, and this is something the industry, the the biofuels industry would say, it's not that there's been a massive reduction in how much grains are made into human food. It's just that there's also been more biofuel production. But they would say you're not kind of taking away from food production in order to create fuels. Whether or not that is fair is up for debate. One of the other things that some analysts would say is you would have more grain in theory if there was no biofuel production, but do all those grains necessarily get made into human food at the end of the day? The the biofuels industry would say, no, it's generally not the kind of quality that gets made into bread. It's the kind of quality that gets made into animal feed. 
you can have a whole argument about whether that's more worthwhile anyway, because animals are part of the human food chain. But I think all of which is to say it's just it's not such a clear cut case of turn off biofuels, end up with more bread. Camilla, would limiting biofuel have a noticeable impact on the global food supply? I guess, you know, would people be able to eat more? Well, so countries are reacting in different ways to this problem. In the EU, you've had countries like Belgium and Germany considering easing biofuel blending mandates, which basically just means saying you need to have less biofuels in the fuels that are used. The IEA, the International Energy Agency, has also cut its biofuels growth forecast for this year. But that said, in the US, they've taken a bit of a different approach. And they've said, actually, given that oil prices are so high, it might be helpful to continue to have higher blending levels. The situation is a little different there because you have corn-based ethanol, which is the main biofuel, and it's cheaper. It's not entirely clear what the best approach is going to be. and, And countries are really still trying to figure out what is going to be best for them, given their national circumstances. That's the FT's Camilla Hodson. Thanks, Camilla. Thank you. Before we go, Kellogg's is splitting up into three different companies. It'll keep the global snacking business, but spin off its North American cereal brands and a smaller business that sells plant-based foods. The company's chief executive told the FT the move will help the company stay agile and focused during a, quote, tumultuous time. The decision comes as input costs are going up and consumers are switching over to cheaper options because of higher prices. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business... To a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com/banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, NA, copyright 2024.